Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast for a real statistics professor. And the wily coyote to his roadrunner, Jake. I like it. Gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Saturday, February 19th, 2022. And this live episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're here, I built a mathematical model that predicts the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is either available right now in the Google Sheet or I'll update it after the show. Uh, get all that set up for you. That is linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So, as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, before we get to yesterday's recap, I'll give the, the disclaimer here uh, for our audience. You know, we're all live. Hopefully, we have no technical difficulties, but if we do, we're just going to do something and figure it out. If you listen to this later on, on you know, Spotify or iTunes or whatever, and there's some weird audio things, that's what happens with live shows. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Hopefully, we can get through unscathed. Uh, yesterday, I went three and four on this podcast. Uh, you went four and two, continuing your awesome week, 25 and 11. You went four and two yesterday, and you dropped your winning percentage. I mean, that's a good week right there, Jake. You know what? That that makes me mad. Like, that Ohio game out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> that was that, bonkers. That drove me insane with the whole, like, making all of two shots in the first half, which is just nuts. And being down 30 at halftime with – 15 to 45 being the score was just nuts. I don't, I, I, yeah, I've, I've not seen a lot of games like that. I mean, even like IUPUI makes more than two shots and a half. Yeah. Like, and this is, you're talking about Ohio, who's, you know, a team with tournament aspirations. I mean, just a bonkers result. We, I, we mentioned this, uh, I believe on Thursday when we had Chris on, we talked about how, you know, you play 30 games and you've got five results that you just have to say, these are the really good ones, five results, these are the really bad ones, and you got to focus in on those 20 other games to tell you how good a team is. This wasn't one of those five. This was like an outlier beyond that. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I don't even was, know what to call it. They weren't even close on their shots. They weren't like, mm. they barely made it above the rim. I don't know if they practiced too hard during the week or what, but they, I, I could not figure that out. It was just nuts. It, it reminds me of that uh, the Houston Rockets back a few years ago, right? When they had the whole like miss like 19 threes or something. People were like, I could go out and make one of those 19, right? And that how, yeah. how crazy. Sometimes you just see weird results. That Ohio one definitely was. But still a good four and two last night for you overall. So yeah. still a great night. Um, before we get to today's slate, a reminder please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. We appreciate both those things. They help us a lot. Also, share with a friend if you know others in this game. We're going to get rolling here. I'm going to call this the Early Bird Special. There are two games uh, that are pretty big here at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, uh, where I really like one thing and Jake really likes one thing in each of these games. They're both big games, but neither one of us love um, both. And so I'm going to tell you, I think you should take the over 138 in Illinois, Michigan State. Uh, I make that 141. Uh, I think you've got a possibility for overtime. I think it's early on in the day. Root for points to get your morning or your afternoon, depending on where you live, started right. So I think over in that game, if that's the big early game you want to watch, uh, Jake, you want to talk about the other big early game, Texas Tech at Texas. It should be a raucous environment. What is your play for us on that one? Yeah, I've I've been riding Texas Tech all year. I'm going to stay the course here. I don't think Texas has enough offense. I think this is a terrible matchup for them. But the way Texas Tech switches one through five, they've got such athletic guys all over. Um, I know McCullers is questionable, and uh, so that kind of throws a kink in the Texas Tech. But 
I mean, I think in Texas just lost. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, the guy left for personal reasons, so that shortens their bench. Uh, Mitchell, Trey Mitchell. Um, so that shortens their bench. So I, I really think Texas Tech can take advantage of that. Um, and, but I'm not like I know Texas Tech at in Lubbock. That atmosphere was insane, and I really don't know if Texas is the same way, right? Because Tech was mad Beard left him for Texas. I don't know that Texas is that angry about it. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. It's one where, I, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not going to make an official uh, pick for record keeping purpose on this because I don't, I don't know either. Historically, Texas has not been a good basketball environment. It's not been a tough place to play, really. Um, one of the few places in the Big 12 where you say that uh, most of the places in the Big 12 are very tough to play. You know, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, out in Lubbock. I mean, a lot of tough venues here. And Kansas, obviously, Kansas State. I mean, a lot of tough venues in the conference. Texas has not been one of them. Uh, but after what happened with the previous setup, and there was this whole thing about people from one school buying tickets for the other. So, I mean, it, it's gotten kind of crazy there so i really don't know i'll be really curious to see what the environment is like there should be a fascinating game um you know you talked about texas forgets how to basketball sometimes on the roads that shouldn't be an issue here at home uh but like you said tech being she mentioned a fascinating game i think um you were riding with tech uh i i just can't wait to watch that one just back in and see how it goes uh to our general or normal game breakdown segments here uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, Alabama at Kentucky. Kentucky is a six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 155. I haven't done this in a while. It hasn't worked out great. For a while, there, I was kind of riding those Alabama unders. They were kind of hit or miss. Uh, the numbers kind of, My numbers kind of caught up for a while, and the totals were getting a lot closer. And so I was laying off the Alabama unders because my numbers had adjusted and kind of caught up with the books. But now I think there's been another little jump up that I don't I don't buy. So um, it hasn't been overall great with this. Unders have been an okay play for Kentucky. Um, I'm taking under 155. The model thinks 153. Again, it goes back to my numbers kind of caught up and adjusted, but now I just I don't see why there's been another bump up. Um, I think Kentucky obviously wins. The question that I have for you, Jake. How much do they win by? Can they cover that six and a half? I, I think they cover it. Uh, I really do. They are going to be very, very angry about what happened at Tennessee. They're going to come out and prove that completely wrong, that they're not that bad of a team. Um, and Alabama doesn't have the defense to do what Tennessee did. They've got – like Tennessee's got very quick, very athletic, and uh, really good guards, especially defensively. And Alabama doesn't have that. They're short and – they're not like they're nowhere near as good defensively, and I think Ty Ty Washington is really a key key thing to keep your eye on here. He really makes that offense go. But I, I think at home there's enough balance with Mintz and Grady and and Segway to cover this very easy, even without him, even if he doesn't go. But if he goes, then I think they really cover it very easy. Um, they're especially at home. They're an incredible defensive team and. Uh, Segway and Bidiaco, I think is how you say the big guy from Alabama's name. Um, I think he's going to take really take him apart because of how physical he is, and I think that's the biggest difference in the game. Yeah, and you you were all over uh, Tennessee, um, predicting them beating Kentucky, and so I, I like your breakdown. They're talking about it's all about the matchups, right? It, you know, we, we try to do the best we can with the numbers to try to peg those things, but to some extent, they can only go so far, and so I think it's a good. Uh, analysis for you there. Obviously, Ty Ty being uh, a 
key there and how that game is going to play out. So something just to keep an eye on there. He probably won't be 100% either way, but even if he's 80% and can give him 20 minutes, that's going to be a little bit of a boost. It's not going to be a 10-point boost, right? But an extra few points here and there could be the difference in getting outside of this number. At, new, at 2 Eastern, 1 Central, Oklahoma State is playing at Iowa State. Iowa State's been a pretty strong under team this year. I don't think this number is low enough. I'm going to take under 127. The model thinks it should only be 125. Um, this is one of those games that feels like a little bit of a, of a, of a sleepy one here. Uh, Jake, what do you have? I am, I'm on Iowa State for this one. I've got – I think they just need it more, and they're really good at home. Offense picks up a bit at home. Um, even though they uh, they're absolutely rough on offense, and but that defense is just nasty at home. They don't they barely allow points, and both teams are kind of in the same uh, area offensively with being so dependent on one guy with Tanner Gross for or for Oklahoma and uh, Isaiah Brockington for Iowa State. But I think the pressure defense and the turnovers get get the best of Oklahoma and Iowa State pulls this one out. Probably a five-point game, but that depends on free throws towards the end. I, I think this one could be one of the ending ending shots for Oklahoma's tournament aspect. Helps. Ooh, all right. Bold call there. And obviously I said Oklahoma State. I, I typed State in the, in, the, in the banner there. And uh, so then I said Oklahoma State. Of course, it's Oklahoma at Iowa State there. Um, both teams have had spurts, I feel like, where their offense has disappeared. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I think I trust Iowa State a little bit more at home. I think that could make a difference there. So I like the angle there. Um, but if the offense disappears uh, for any bit of stretch, like again, like we've seen with these teams, under should also be a safe play. So two angles there for you on that, depending on if you're more of a side or a total better. Uh, at the same time slot, Auburn at Florida. Auburn is a four-point favorite. I'm taking over 140. The model thinks it should be north of 142. The model's eight and three on combined over edges on these teams, so it doesn't play over all the time. It's not like, you know, there's some teams that the model just is all kind of always goes over and always goes under, and sometimes that kind of works for certain teams, sometimes it kind of doesn't. But these two teams, model's been a little more selective, but when it's gone over, it has worked pretty well. Uh, so I like this one over 140. Um, Auburn, a slight favorite here. So we, we think Auburn wins. Going to Florida, uh, I think it feels to me, I'm, I'm going to kind of segue into this. I don't, I don't, we haven't talked. I don't know exactly where you're going with this, Jake, but I'm going to kind of segue where I think you're going with this one. Uh, Florida at home feels a lot like we talked about Texas at home in the Big 12, a place that isn't really that scary to play at. And so that makes me, uh, my, my general thought is, oh, it's hard to win on the road, these low scoring these or these tight spreads, right? But I'm not sure I'd feel that way here with Auburn. What do you got for us? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going. I mean, Auburn has struggled on the road here recently, almost dropping to Missouri and Georgia, which are the bottom of the SEC. But I think those teams have a little better guards than uh, than Florida has. Florida is really struggling guard play. I know they got Castleton back, but Walker Kessler is an even match, if not better than than him. And then you've got. Jabari Smith, who's also 6'10", and I, I don't see Florida having anywhere close to a matchup for him. So if he has just an average game, I think Auburn flies through this with the way their guards play and the way uh, Kessler defends the rim. It's just nuts. I think he had, what, 12 or 13 blocks in their last game? That was uh, incredible. Um, but I really think that's the difference. Kessler's d defense and Jabari Smith should have been able to handle this game. And then, of course, you've got Green and Johnson, who are just really good players for 
Auburn. I just don't think Florida's got got the horses to to keep this one close. All right, so another uh, two different angles on that game. Again, if you want the side of the total there, I'm taking over 140. Jake is laying the four with Auburn. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Tennessee at Arkansas. Arkansas is out to a three-point favorite. This spread was closer to uh, about one or so yesterday afternoon, yesterday night. That made a lot more sense to me being there. I don't know why this line is moving the way it is moving out to Arkansas. I don't know if it's a false move and it's one of those things where occasionally we see sometimes large, uh, you know, large money bettors will bet, you know, what seems like a large money to most of us probably on one side to get the line to move and they'll come back with even more on the other side to soften up and get that number one. We see that sometimes. I don't know if that's what's happening here. It's it's, it's kind of first part of my place my brain goes because Arkansas minus three is a very perplexing line to me personally. Um, that implies that Arkansas and Tennessee are about the same. And as good as Arkansas has been playing, and I was on Arkansas here uh, recently, I, I had them to beat Auburn. I had them uh, after that as well. And so I like the way Arkansas has been playing. My numbers have been seeing that, but Tennessee's also been playing fantastic. And to say that these two teams are even is just a bit of a stretch to me. The model makes this Tennessee minus one. I think Tennessee is a good three to four points easily better than Arkansas. Obviously, there might be some differential home court effects to talk about, you know, with the travel and, and whatnot. But but even then, even if my numbers are off by a point or so, make this a pick them? Sure. I, I don't understand why we're getting three points here. It's an A pick for me on Tennessee plus three. If you're the type who likes money line and plus odds, I think it's a solid play as well. It could be a tight game. So it, that's just your personal preference, right? I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I think you should do this. I think you should do that because I think you should make the decisions with your money and your risk tolerance. If you like having those three points in your back pocket, I think that's solid. If you like the plus odds in the money line, that's kind of the way you roll. I think that's solid, too. I think Tennessee is a great play. It's an A pick for me. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Tennessee, and I'm also taking the money line. I, I really think the Tennessee team has figured out something offensively. The shots are finally going. Um, and I, I don't I don't like this Arkansas team. I really do the way they're playing lately. But I, I don't think they've got the defense to hold Tennessee down right now. And I think t- that's one thing Tennessee's had all year is that defense travels. And they play just such an incredible up-in-your-face defense that and just nag you all the time and just force so many bad plays and turnovers. And J.D. Note is probably the best player in the SEC going right now. And I think this is a bad matchup for him. Like, not only do we have the – like, I say we uh, – Tennessee has the quick the quick guards like the Kai Ziegler and Kennedy Chandler who are just all over you and won't let you breathe. But then – if he starts going, you can put a Josiah Jordan James on him, who's got the height and quickness and strength to kind of make his life miserable. And I just don't see enough help for him to, one, win the game, but really get it over the three that they need now. Like, one, you can make that argument for a shot here or there goes the other way. But three is a little bit different because now you're looking at two possessions, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me there. So Jake and I both all over Tennessee there in the uh, middle afternoon slot. And then we're going to jump right to the late games. Uh, there are some interesting evening games, but let's uh, let's let's kind of after dark segment this, right? A little shout out to our co- fun, one of our fun college football segments uh, back that we did in the fall, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. We're staying up late. BYU at St. Mary's. Big game in the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's with that huge win over San Francisco. Uh, all but assured now a tournament bid BYU squarely on the bubble uh, really needs to get things going in the right direction this is a game that St. Mary's is 
favored by six. And if it goes just like the experts think and BYU loses this game, if BYU then becomes the four seed, if they lose early in the conference tournament, it's even worse. But if nothing else, they get matched up against Gonzaga and get blown out there. BYU's going to have a hard time making the tournament. So again, BYU really needs to get a good, impressive win on their resume. They have some really bad losses that need something offset that I don't think they get it done. I've got St. Mary's as a B pick minus six. The model thinks seven and a half. I also like the under in this game, 135. I think that's too many points, but I'm a little scarred still after Thursday night, that St. Mary's San Francisco game that had 20. I'm still, I'm still a little better. 20 points in the last 85 seconds. So I'm just a little scarred of if this game does land around six or seven, that's the exact same type of thing we're going to see with St. Mary's, you know, being fouled, hitting free throws. And then if they give up points, total could kind of go a little crazy. I like the under, but I'm just a little gun shy after that one. And so I think that St. Mary's is a slightly smarter play to lay the six because I think they win by at least seven and a half. Uh, Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, you make all, pretty much all the points I was going to make. And uh, besides the fact that BYU is bad. Yes, uh, I, I forgot to mention that, yeah. <laughs> they, they are rough. St. Mary's is a fairly decent shooting team, hit, hitting around 35% of their threes, and you've got about 77% from the free throw line. So that should easily cover the six, because like you've pointed out in the past, the seven's the key number. So if it's anywhere below that, I think St. Mary's has the free throws to push it right, right above it. And like BYU has to have this game. If they lose this one, there's maybe one more chance they have for a quad one win, and I don't think they have one this year. So I don't. If they even even if they go into the tournament with like the four seed after losing this game, I think they would have to get to they have to be Gonzaga, and they, that's yeah. going through Gonzaga, and that's not going to happen. I think Gonzaga beat about forty the last yeah. time, so it's just they've got to have this game. Yep. Don't think they do it. I think St. Mary's covers it easy. Yep, yep, I agree. I like that a lot. And then also, same time slot, a little Pac-12 after dark. Oregon at Arizona. Arizona, a solid double-digit favorite, so we all think that Arizona is going to win this. Oregon's a team that we've mentioned before, really hard to figure out. They were bad, and then they were good, and then they had a blip in the road that actually wasn't was okay because then they still were good, and then now I guess they're bad again? I don't understand this team at all they're so highly variable so i'm staying away from the spread personally and i'm going to take under 149 and a half i see this game having a hard time getting to 150 the model makes it 148 i still think that's a little too high personally uh arizona underrated defense obviously we know about how good arizona's offense is and that's why this number is so high because everyone knows that but people still just aren't talking about how good this arizona defense is so i think this is too many points I think Arizona gets an easy win. And if Oregon has really completely fallen apart, Arizona wins this game. If they win by 20, we get a sleepy last five minutes, one of those situations where there's seven points in the last five minutes or something to really cruise to an easy under victory, in my opinion. Jake, can Arizona win by 13 or more? It's a big number for a conference game. Yeah, I think this one gets close to that 20 number like you were talking about. I, I think... This Oregon team, I don't think Data Altman knows what to do. I don't think he knows how to get them out of it. I, I think he's just kind of lost with this team. It's just the pieces aren't working well. And there really is no answer for Mathurin or the size of Arizona Oregon has. I mean, I think Arizona averages seven blocks a game or close to it, which is really, really good. And I, I think this one gets up to around that 20 number, and they kind of fall asleep. But I, I think they still stay above. I think it's a 15, 20-point game. And and possibly lean even more than that because and deal a giant 
dash to the tournament hopes of Oregon if it gets up above twenty. But this is this is going to be a rough game. I don't recommend staying up and watching it. But watch the first half. Hopefully it's twenty. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a best second half team in the nation by several different metrics in places. They've they'll it might be tight in the first half, and then I think they just come out in the second half, which is a credit to their coach. Um, mm-hmm. coming out, making adjustments, and then just blowing people out of the water in the second half. And, and it's a good point, right? It's a late game. If if Arizona, if you know Arizona's up by 10 at the half, you can probably go to bed and rest easy on that one or flip over to that St. Mary's game if that one's still close, you know, uh, whatever else you got, got going on. Because if Arizona's up by double digits at the half, that game is long over. And that does it for our game breakdowns. We're going to go into the overtime A plays. Uh, a ton of games in the slate. Not as many A plays. I was actually coming about this recently um, on Twitter. It's interesting. Early on in the season, the edges were just bigger. But as the season goes on, the edges get tighter. On a Saturday, you go back to the you know the second Saturday of the season, I would have had 30 or 40 A plays easily. So I don't know how we would have handled this segment. I'm not going to read off 40 picks, right? It would just been like, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Go to the sheet. With 10 of them, I think we can talk about them. I can give a little tidbit on each one of them. Um, the first one that I have, the first A pick, uh, 11 a.m. Syracuse minus eight and a half versus Boston College. This line confuses me. This line should be double digits. I think Syracuse wins this easily, you know, 11, 12, something like that. I don't really see how Boston College can hang in this game, Jake. That seems like they're valuing that Kyler Edwards injury a little too much and giving a little Boston College a little too much credit for that. I think with the zone and the way, uh, Syracuse shoots, they cover that fairly easy. Yep, yep. Uh, 1 p.m. Oral Roberts Lane, another big number, minus 11 at North Dakota. Models 4 and 2 on eighth aids of North Dakota. I just think Oral Roberts is in a whole different class as North Dakota. Even though it's on the road, I think they win that one running away. Yeah, yeah. Oral Roberts is going to bounce back from that, that bad loss they took. They're going to come back, take over this game, and really stamp their, stamp their name all over it. Yeah. Oh, also at that same time slot, 1 p.m. Central, Kansas State, plus five and a half at Oklahoma State. I think Kansas State's pretty good. Uh, they had a little bit of injury and COVID issues kind of right around that same time. They were they had a game that didn't get postponed, but there was questions of if it would have, or a couple of games were questions if they were going to get postponed. They were down to like six guys. The coach was out. I mean, it was just kind of chaos in that whole program for a good two weeks. You take that out, Kansas State's respectable. Mm-hmm. Um Oklahoma State has been mostly down on an up and down season. I think Kansas State's trending the right direction. You give me five and a half points again, or if, again, if you like that money line, I think Kansas State's the side you want here at Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, I, I love this Kansas State pick. It's my favorite of your A plays today. Um, and I really like at this point in the season, you got to start questioning what Oklahoma State's playing for. They can't go any farther than this. So maybe guys start checking out, especially if games start getting bad. Yep, definitely on the table there. Also, 1 p.m. Central. I've got Howard minus six and a half versus Morgan State. I have not seen one second of Howard. I've not seen one second of Morgan State. I'm trusting the process. I don't know. The math says to do it, so I'm laying six and a half. I think if I remember reading the numbers correctly, Howard is one of the better three-point shooting teams in the nation. So I think that's where that's where they cover through this. But I could be wrong. I, I'm really just trusting the numbers here. Yeah, yeah. Some of these small schools, it's like, I'm yeah. just trusting the math. There's, that's why I built the model, right, the whole first place. <laughs> One that I don't have to just trust the math on, 2.30 p.m. Central, LSU at South Carolina. Uh, LSU's been better by numbers this year. And so anytime LSU uh, pops up, uh, I like that play. I didn't write the number on my sheet. I think I laid, I laid four with LSU. 
uh, as an A pick. I think they go on the road and get a nice easy victory. As long as they get that numbers under six or so, I like that because we always talk about uh, fouls should easily get us there if it's close. I think LSU's got a decent chance to just be up by 10 with two minutes to go and uh, not worry about it. Yeah, LSU's defense is up there with the top few in the nation. And then adding uh, Xavier Pinson back into that offense really stabilizes the offense a little bit and makes them not, not as bad. They're a rough offense, but not as bad when he plays. So I think that's the difference in this game. All right, 3 p.m. Central, Gardner-Webb minus one at Presbyterian. I'm going to call this the Trust the Process special. Uh, my model is two and five on A or B picks of Gardner-Webb. It hasn't done well fading Presbyterian. I've made this comment before. I think it's always interesting. People want a little insight in the model. I've tried every which way possible. I can identify when I have biases on certain teams. I can identify when I'm missing on certain teams. I've tried to systematically figure out a way to correct for that. Um, I, I can't make the model better. I can't do it. I, everything I've tried just makes the overall uh, process worse. And so uh, I just trust in the process and saying Gardner Webb minus one's the play. They can go on the road and get the win. Uh, it's a, it's it's not a plug your nose and play special, but it's a plug your nose and play with respect to I don't love the results these head teams have had with respect to the model. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just trusting you on this one. I'm I'm riding with Gardner Webb. All right, and then, and then a similar idea, 4 p.m. Central Texas Southern minus 11 at Mississippi Valley State. These two teams have not been kind to us lately. I've really liked Texas Southern, and they have let us down a couple of times. Mississippi Valley State, I love fading, and they've let us down. Both these teams made us a lot of money earlier, and we've kind of slowly been giving it back to the books here on these two teams. So I knew when I saw them playing, I knew the model was going to say all over Texas Southern. I'm just trusting that they're a much better team. They're a you know a veteran team. They can go on the road and win by double digits against Mississippi Valley State. But the way these two teams have played lately, uh, it, this is the trust the process special 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Hello, we've been so wrong on Mississippi Valley State here recently. Yeah, I'm riding with you on Texas Southern. It's it, hopefully they can pull this one out for us. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think you have to ask, and I always tell people, like, I'm trying to give you all the best advice possible, but always play what you like, play what you think, right? Just because I say play something doesn't mean just blindly play it, right? It's it's your money. I want you to I want you to have confidence in it. What I will say is I think the question you have to ask yourself about that, APIC, is do you think that Mississippi Valley State has found something out? Do you think they're actually not horrible now, or do you think this is just an aberration? So the math says, the math thinks the numbers think it's just an aberration. They still aren't very good at all, and Texas Southern's much better, and so that's what I'm going to trust, but... Hey, if you look at it and you think they figured something out in the way they're playing that they can keep it up, then, uh, then uh, you know I, w I wouldn't roll with this one. So it just kind of a question you have to ask yourself on that game specifically. Uh, four thirty Central Stony Brook minus four versus Hartford. This is another one I've not seen a second of either one of these teams. Um, I think Stony Brook is better than Hartford, so laying four at home uh, I think has some value. Yeah, Stony Stony Brook is the better team at every level here. It's just like the conference. It's different from the Oklahoma State thing. The conference has banned them from the NCAA tournament. So is that I, I quit because I can't play anymore? Or is that, all right, just because you banned us, we're going to hit you even harder and <laughs> lower everybody's seeds. So it's right. a, a weird, weird motivation thing, but I think Stony Brook is the better team. Mm -hmm. And they've and they've tended to play well since that news came out. They've tended to kind of take it uh, as a personal insult almost, and so uh, that's at least something that's trustworthy. As opposed to they they haven't seemed to throw in the towel yet. So until they do that, right? Until until we see them decide the season's over, yeah. I, I think they're still a, a safe team to back. Uh, Five p.m. Rhode Island minus three at George Washington. Rhode Island and George Washington, two teams that kind of slide under the radar in that conference. There's a lot of interesting teams in that conference. I don't think either one of these two teams are, but I think Rhode Island's a better team, laying a short number, I think has some value. 
Yeah, both these teams I've made some money on because they've been a little surprising. They're not as bad as what the numbers say, so I really don't know what, like from my standpoint, I really don't know who to pick when they play each other. So I'm going to trust you and ride Rhode Island here. All right, all right. And then 5 p.m. Central also, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. My hometown, minus six and a half versus Northwestern State. Northwestern State plays fast, plays no defense. I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi is just a bad matchup for them. I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi can win this by double digits. If it's close, the fouls get us there. I don't think it will be close late because these high-scoring games tend to have a propensity to lead to more extreme scores because there's more scoring, right? The low-scoring games are the ones that tend to stay tighter. I don't think this stays tight. And if it does, I think fouls can get us at the end. So I love laying six and a half with the Islanders. Yeah, I know nothing of these two teams. It took me forever to figure out that Northwestern State is in Louisiana for some reason. Yeah. So, uh, go with the model. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I've got the A-plus play of the day. 3 p.m. Norfolk State. Minus one and a half on Coppin State. This one seems like the layup. Uh, the model is five and one on A plays of Norfolk State. I loved backing Norfolk State. They've been great to us. I don't see any reason to stop that. I always talk about when do you get off a team, right? And a lot of times I'm trusting the numbers and seeing uh, has the number caught up to them yet, yes or no. I don't think the number's caught up. I think Norfolk State is really good. I think Coppin State isn't, at least relative to that conference, of course. So uh, I'm laying a short number with Norfolk State. I think they get that done easily, even though it is on the road. That's my A plus play of the day. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Norfolk State is the much better team than Coppin State, and I'm not sure why this number is so short, so I'm, I'm going with them. All right, all right, and that are the that is the A play segment. Moving on to the live audience questions. Got a lot of chat here. Love to see that. Uh, we already talked about a couple of these games, which is kind of fun. Um uh, Jake Fagan noted that Norfolk State, right? You already got that minus one and a half. So I, I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, he's going to really love what I said. That's the A plus play of the day. <laughs> already covered uh, Oral Roberts. Uh, specific question, Jake, maybe you can answer this one about the Syracuse zone. Uh, can the Syracuse zone keep this game from going over the total? I like Syracuse. We both talked about we like Syracuse to win. Uh, do you have any insight there on uh, their defense and how they are going to, uh, how the total might play? Total is 146. Yeah, well, um, from just a pure basketball strategy standpoint, a zone sometimes can hide um, some weaknesses defensively, right? right? right. It, it makes you hurt rebound off like rebounding if you don't know what you're doing with that, and I think Syracuse practices that enough to know what they're doing. Um, but I, I really think it throws such a hard – because for a long time, the traditional knowledge was you got to shoot them out of the zone and not penetrate it, and a lot of guys still fall into that, and I think it – makes teams, especially with lesser players like Boston College, fall asleep and try to shoot Syracuse out of that zone. And that doesn't work out well because they just push you farther and farther out. And the farther you get from the goal, the less likely you are to hit the shot. It is. So, it's true. It's a, it's, a, it's a scientifically proven fact. The further away you are from the basket, the harder it is to score. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. That I just think that Boston College isn't good enough to conquer the zone. And I think even with the loss of Edwards, they, they're good enough to cover and uh, um, over under scares me because the way Syracuse can just light the goal up every once in a while when the when the Bayheim family gets hot. 
Yeah, you're right. Syracuse is a very volatile team. They go on spurts where they just like should light it up. And so uh, I've, I've noticed that. And, and, and it's kind of affected their actual game results, too. When they show up, sometimes they just dominate. And other times, they you know, so they, they are a little variable. Uh, we talked about team totals before. I don't generally love team totals. You're increasing your variability because only half the game matters. Um, so I don't love team totals. And you have to lay a little extra juice. So I don't, I don't love them. But, but it is something to look at. Everyone, you know, does their own thing. So if you like the team total there, Boston College under might be solid i make the game 143 and a half so at 146 i like that under i i, I think 143 and a half is a little bit high when i that implies a score of 77 and a half to 66 i kind of think it's gonna boston college gonna have a hard time getting to 66 so it's kind of my personal opinion on that one uh let's see niagara minus one jake do you have anything on niagara minus one while i find that one uh man i my numbers told me to take niagara but i got them at plus one so, I mean, there's okay. not much of a difference between plus one and minus one. Right. Um, you're really just picking a winner. So I'm on Niagara, but the line moving like that makes me think something something's going on, and I would think Niagara would make me a little more confident. There are way too many games in this uh, in this day for me to even find <laughs> where that is in my sheet. Uh, line, line 15? On the Google sheet, at least. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I make that uh, Niagara minus 1.1. So um, Niagara, I think what I was trying to pull is my actual internal document. I think that my numbers have overestimated Niagara. So I don't love Niagara um, if that's the case. Yeah, I've underestimated Niagara by one point per game. I've been spot on with Canisius. So um, I my official play there is under 136 and a half. Both teams have been under my numbers, so if that holds true, I think under is a safer play. But it should be a toss-up game. Um, I just yeah, I don't love uh, Niagara. Uh, thoughts on UConn first half versus Xavier? I don't do any first half stuff. Jake, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, first half stuff always scares me because weird things happen. It's especially with college basketball. Like last night, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, Ohio comes out and makes two shots from, so it, it scares me. And we, we're actually split on this, so I'm on. I'm Are riding we, UConn. You're on, okay. I'm on Xavier. Yeah, so I'm sorry we can't really give you great advice there. I like UConn because they've got the better guards and uh, they're getting healthy. And so Bongo Segundo is a really good big guy that should give Man, uh, Fremantle and Nunji fits. I, yeah, I'm on I'm on Xavier because I'm a math nerd who built a model and the model says to play Xavier if we're just all cards at the table. Xavier and Connecticut have been teams that are uh, a lot of fun to watch this year, but they're hard to figure out. Yeah, they're just kind of all over the map. So um, especially the full game number being right at six and a half. If UConn's up late, we also talk about fouls. That's a tough one to figure out there. Um, Wofford and Furman. You got anything for us on Wofford and Furman? I, I don't know, but... Mr. Walker there has a lot of faith in me. I don't think I could body slam a bear if I wanted to. Um, but <laughs> Wofford and Furman, I, I really like this Furman team. Um, they're really good, and they're, they've got they're got to stay motivated here because they're behind, like losing to Chattanooga last week, I think, or maybe earlier this week, really hurt their chances of the tournament because it's going to drop them to the second seed. Um, so they've really got to stay motivated since Chattanooga, I think, dropped the last game mm-hmm. uh so they, yes. they really opened up the door for them so they, they've really got to take this and i think their coach and everybody's going to emphasize that and i think they're going to put it to uh wofford 
Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Mr. Walker's other comment about me talking fast. My students tell me that all the time that they're like, "You get excited, slow down." <laughs> if anybody, if anybody watches or listens to this on audio, I don't know about y'all. I'm I'm personally a guy who I like I like to listen to my podcast at 1.2 speed, 1.4, 1.5 maybe. I feel like trying to listen to me on 1.5 speed would just be a disaster. You wouldn't know what I'm saying. But Walford Furman, I'm with you. I like Furman. I make that game about seven, and so I laid five and a half as a B pick last night. I think Furman's the right side. And I think that number's good to us. Again, we always talk about, uh, I, I am in my, I convert all these to probabilities. And when I convert them, right, I do take note of what the number is. I've got historical data to try to figure out where there's actually value. Um, it shows up a little bit lesser than I'd like it to in college basketball, but I like it, this type of number laying a five rather than we always talk about, you know, laying a seven and a half is a little bit more worrisome because you just never know when a team's going to stop fouling uh, how that situation is going to play out. So I like Furman. Um, and then we'll open up if there are any other last questions to talk about. Uh, Jake, you said, the other one, you said that you liked, uh, you liked Kansas State. I was going to mention, we are going to roll that into your official buzzer beater record for today since that's the... That's the one that you like the most, uh, and then I'll get that A-plus play of the day in the sheet. Uh, take note, at the beginning of the episode, you know, I, I mentioned what our records are. Uh, I have on the in the Google Sheet what our records are for each specific segment. If you want to go see that, I, I put a lot of fun stuff there. Um, otherwise, I think that's it. We will head out for the morning. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Best of luck today, everyone. Remember, check out that Google Sheet for all picks and totals on today's games not covered. In this episode, if you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We will get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. We will see you Monday. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.